my biggest problem in life is that we always strive to start on time, but we're always either starting late and then we end up never finishing on time. So you, you kind of yeah. understand the anxiety kind of just builds up. It, it, it does. never just always. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Well, you know, hey everybody, then... welcome to a tech podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, that was that was the worst yes and. Like I, I just completely did not go with you on your improv credits. I'm so sorry. On that end, we're gonna be going muting Quan for the rest of the show. Just to take care of a few little miscellaneous problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's how we're doing it today. Yeah. No, uh, Juan, Juan had an emergency sort of family trip to deal with. So we're, we're doing the show from a hotel room. And I don't know if you know this, TA, but it's like it's like really late out on the East Coast. Right? I, <laughs> Would, well, okay. So there was a, I never double checked on the timing. I, I don't, like every time you go somewhere, I always assume you go, you know. Yeah, I'm usually in the you know, central, central. You're right. You're right. No, this, I'm, I'm not putting this on you i'm putting this on me we have people in yeah. here like like barry johnson you know like we got folks who live out on the east coast and i don't know if you know this but when we do our podcast it's like it's really it. late for them. <laughs> barry's sitting there saying mm-hmm, yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah yeah i've said Confirmed. this before and i'll say it again citation <laughs> given late to the party Plus, we started like 30 minutes early, so we're still late, even though we're kind of early. Know. So we'll never really make up for the story. It is it is one of those things we kind of just have to kind of accept either and move on. No, but um, no, I, it is it's on me, though. It, yeah, I'm not I'm not putting this on you. It's on me. So no, 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 no. No. I mean, the reality is, obviously, you're 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 having to deal with something. Obviously, you're you're away. You're on camera. Uh, looking really, <laughs> really, <laughs> you're actually okay. Juan is really multitasking with the open at this point because that's, that's I'm how just so mad hangs. that everything seems to be working so much better. It's in, I'm in Firefox on the open, it just won't mm-hmm. rotate. So, so okay. I turn, if I turn oh. the open sideways, it, it just stays in portrait mode. I, 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 other than that, this is working a lot better than I thought it would. Well, actually, you look pretty good, man. I'm actually considering the fact oh, that we're using mobile device and and you know hotel Wi-Fi. If anything, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you either maybe even better than the way I do. But um, it's been kind of a somewhat of a slow week, kind of going on with some information. There's a little bit of hits and yeah. pieces of different cool things kind of going on. I, of course, one of the things that kind of really threw me out of the window is an update to our beloved Steam Deck that just apparently just got yeah. announced today. Like just Big surprise, right? Like. Yeah, happy Thursday, everybody, kind of thing. You know, two weeks before Thanksgiving, and we're like, <laughs> we're OLED now. We're well, we're potentially OLED. I don't. Well, I mean, it is going to be OLED, yes. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. A couple of things kind of going on during the week as well. There's been a lot of teasers, a lot of information mm-hmm. leaking about the OnePlus 12 optics, specifically yeah. the primary Nintendo photo lens, getting us a little bit excited. This is not an announcement of the phone, but more so specifically talking house of blood and collaboration and you know kind of getting getting mm-hmm. us excited for the one plus 12 for um, sure and then obviously i don't know you probably noticed that both Juan and i kind of dropped a, a referencing or relatively similar video topics uh <laughs> referencing some really cool glasses i was honestly one i was thinking about beginning the show i was going to mm-hmm. actually connect the <laughs> the display to the rainios so that i can actually yeah. have you like straight in here but then still have the camera on so that you guys could look at me as if I'm looking at you. 
<laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm ever so nicely just basically like, yeah, baby, the whole time. Oh, just like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Ray-Bans all the way. Um, well, do but, we want to just jump in because, you know, we've yeah, been working with, with Ray Neo and, and I yeah, yeah. think it's, it's kind of exciting to see some competition in the XR glasses space. We we just recently saw the refresh on the X-Real Air, Air 2 yeah. and also the, the Air, Air Pro. Yeah, the Air Air is a very uh, popular yeah. in, in this <laughs> space. I'll say this. You're mm-hmm. referring to glasses. There are a lot of Air. It wasn't there... The, first rokid wasn't weren't they the rokid air uh, the they visors? were also rokid yeah, yeah the first one yeah. we did collaboration with rokid was uh it was an air series and then they switched over to max and and different kind of nomenclature but um yeah. so i i haven't had a chance to play with the obviously x real twos or air two or even the first one we no, got a chance to do a little bit i just reached out to x real's pr because they just did a massive update this is like huge news for x real where the X-Real Beam can now sideload Android apps as part of, like, you don't have to root it or crack it or... Oh, just le- so legit sideloading, it allows you to install unknown so sources. This, this is still very early, so a lot of, you know, there isn't a lot of compatibility for apps, but in the um, X-Real Beam interface, you can go to an individual app, fire it up, it might work, it might not. Um, so this is not like the Rookid Station, which is like a Google TV, a really more, it's a much more polished TV interface. This is Xreal trying to bring a phoneless device that can also do some content streaming. Uh, they, they list compatibility with Netflix, but not at the top quality uh, because of the copy protection. But this is a big step for them. And our buddies over at TCL Ray Neo, the Ray Neo team delivering a refresh simplified. This is like the most streamlined XR uh, headset that I've, I've uh, been able to play with yet. I, I Well, so for me with the Ray Neos, I found that if they, they it's always funny with, with, with iterations with different devices, right? We yeah. first saw so last year when we were sitting down and we when we were working with not what the not the max not the new generation when we first right. start working with the first uh i guess the tcl the tcl glasses back then before they were becoming radios yeah. next word g next word yeah and uh they gave us better sound they gave us uh you know different functional options that we got that we mm-hmm. didn't see on uh Roket and on on the Enreal back in the day then Roku comes around, learns some of that, brings in the 120, brings in some optimizations, better series speakers, all of that. Xreal comes in, says, "Hey, hold my beer. Here's the Enreal, <laughs> you know, the the beam." And then Roku says, "Hold, let me show you Android the, the way it's supposed to." So again, yeah. always a competition. But although these are cheaper, I found that with the amount of features that we get in here, they're somewhat more competitive than what we had before mm-hmm. when they were under TCL only, and. The one thing I really liked the most was the, the bone cracking function that you had. Oh, <laughs> your extra. Oh, yeah. It drove me crazy. Like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, um, some of the adjustments <laughs> that you're able to do here on top of the, well, let me, let me get them. Ah, the clack. Have the clack. Clack of the clack. Of the clack. Ah, he's not breaking the glasses. No. Yeesh. <laughs> it's like, that's how I felt <laughs> when you did it last time when I was there. Um, but. That those are some of the options that we get here. The ability of adjusting the lenses to have a better mm-hmm. viewing experience um, at this price point with uh, better cushions. I feel like they did an improvement on the cushions that we got last year, but they also kind of tailored it a little bit down. I feel like yeah. some of the things that we got here are uh, they, they were done for cost efficiencies. I'll say maybe cost effectiveness were done there to kind of reduce the price a little bit. 
Um, although oh, I don't definitely. Really feel like they were, they were that much I, cheaper than last year's, if I'm not mistaken. Specifically calling out this as a streamlined headset, the Nextwear S had magnetic cable attachment for USB-C, exactly. but neither of us really like that. No. Yeah, exactly. The, the proprietary cable makes me anxious that if you lose that cable, you basically wrecked your glasses, and it pops off really easily, which is fine. Um, I do miss the magnetic visor, though. Because mm-hmm. the next part had that had the really nice looking sunglass visor that could pop off if you wanted to go with a more open kind of style video look. Yeah. Uh, I, I I did not find that the new Neo Air Two were as comfortable on my face as okay. the next Wear S. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like if you have slightly broader features, like I got like a really fat nose. Um, mm-hmm. It was very difficult for me to line up a good angle, and it always felt like something was kind of pinching right at the bridge. Um, yeah. So th- this is the conversation, and, and Michael Protect actually asks a question that dovetails out of this. Folks who are used to wearing glasses understand the struggle of finding frames that fit your face. And I think now we're getting competition in the XR glasses space, where yeah. if you have different features, there are different headsets that will probably fit you more comfortably and i think that's a benefit for consumers even if that means we're not trying to convince everybody that this is a one-size fits all solution oh no no absolutely even with the adjustments you're right um i will say without having done any adjustments in it when i first got it out of the box it didn't fit me very well mm-hmm. it did yeah. after after getting the right adjustments on both the arms and on the nose pads i was able to mm-hmm. get it to fit the way i wanted it and i appreciated I'll say that the initially I was a little bit skeptic of not having any diopter adjustment functionalities sure. on them, that it was going to be like, oh, my God, wait a minute. Hold on a second. What are we doing here? But again, that those are some of the things I appreciate. It, it is it worked mm-hmm. quite well for me being farsighted. I was able to see things very clearly. It, it is the, the focal distance to it is set a little bit back because it's intended to try to mimic much more yeah. of a bigger display. Um but yeah, I can I can understand it. I'm, I'm with you. It took me some time to get it to, to work. And once I so, got it right, it was fine. I was able to adjust where I could get a good image out of them, but mm-hmm. I was never able to find as comfortable a fit as, mm-hmm. um, especially as for, for me, the ones that have fit my face the best so far are the X-Reels. Um, the new Rokid Max, the change that they made to the notepad helped a lot. Yep. But the Nextwear S me for for my features and the sort of the distance between my eyes and my ears um next for s fit me much more readily like taking those out of the box versus taking the um rainio out mm-hmm. of the box the rainio needed a lot more adjusting i do want to get this question here from michael Pepertech. A tk since you wear glasses how do you deal with all of these ar VR glasses do you have to get prescription lenses for all of them or is your prescription not that bad and I, I feel like, again, because you do wear glasses, you can kind oh, of help oh. comment on they're not focused in the way that you might think they would be. And mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of difference for if you're nearsighted or foresighted. So, I mean, you're right. It, it depends on the glasses. I'll say that that much. With the Rokid, I had to do quite a bit of adjustments with the diopters. Yeah. Uh, that was a, it was a hard challenge for me. Because so although most of most of these solutions offer the inserts, the ability of getting those prescription glass mm-hmm. lenses, and I think for the most part, it's a general one standard. It's just more of a kind of like a nose bridge kind of thing, like the the, the grandpa glasses without the you know the, the actual frames. I, I don't I don't know how, how else to describe them. That's how I no, always that's them, like, oh, it's exactly 
There's like grandma and grandpa glasses. You put them on, <laughs> no rim and anything, but they just stay on. Um, I haven't used those. I haven't had to buy those prescription uh, options. I have been able to, through adjustment, get the Rokit Max to work great. Um, with the X-Real and the, the TCL, as well as the, the Rayneos, I haven't had issues focusing. The, again, mm-hmm. it depends on, the, on, the, on, the, uh, on how your vision is done. I yeah. can see quite well distance. So the, for me, I can see distance is not as bad, uh, but it's more about reading, computer, monitor. These are not considered yeah. like far distance. Um, and, and obviously smaller text, that's where I need to be able to focus. But in general, I can have this entire live stream. As long as I don't have to read any comments, I can watch everything. I know exactly where things yeah. are. Um, and with the with the Rainios, the again because the focusing distance is a little bit further than yeah. uh, I, I would say than Rokid. For me, a they work closer, fine. For sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And but I think Rokid knows because you're going to need to play with the diopters. It's just that for me with Rokid, I ended up having to adjust the diopters every time, regardless mm-hmm. of the fact that even though I wore them, I put them in the box, I wore them again. Hey, adjust, adjustments needs to be done again. But I, th- I think it's more about how stressed your eyes are, because that also mm-hmm. kind of changes how well you're able to get the experience there. If you're trying to use them at the end of the day, where your eyes are, especially for people that wear glasses, if yeah. our eyes are tired, you may not get as good of an experience as maybe earlier in the day. So you have to kind of figure that part out as well. Uh, yeah, just see, how I'm well... with you. Only I'm just minorly farsighted. Like I'm not at the point where I really need a prescription yet, and me it's the same i feel like the x reels the image just feels like it's projected a little further out and mm-hmm. then that's even more beautifully adjustable when you start playing with the x reel b yeah because you can change the sort of perceived size of the screen which changes your it, it's silly because you would think it just gets bigger smaller but they do seem to change your perception of the distance from your face. So it's not that it just got smaller now it's taking up less of my field of view. It really does feel like we pushed the image further away. Yeah. And that helps me because like I said, I'm just that tiny bit far sighted. So yeah, and, for and, people and you do who... that extra mm-hmm. oh no go go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, so one of the other things that I really liked on it is the fact that they added some more options or customization options in the settings within the app. The yeah. app itself, when we first got the radio, the sorry, the TCL glasses back last year, it was a first generation. It was an early release of the app. It was very limited in the functionality. It was pretty rough. Yeah, it was a rough. <laughs> yeah, it it was intended to be a port over from the original uh, TCL glasses that they released. Yeah. And what I saw with this one now is a much better, uh, a smoother UI experience, better in, uh, implementation of logging in, opening apps, opening local files. But also calibration, which I really liked about that. Mm-hmm. It's like the ability, if you want to, if you feel like the like the display wasn't bright enough, you could definitely get up there. It, it gets pretty bright, yeah. actually, for something that that's got that close to your face. Um, but you're also able to change the colors, the tones, if you want it to be a little bit more warmer, cooler. Mm-hmm. You can go in there and, and, and do that. And they have... It feels uh, like more like a monitor. Like all no, of the no, adjustments absolutely. that you would be able to it, make like a monitor. TCL finally bring it in. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like that TCL experience on your on your eye, eye eyeballs you know wherever you want to go with them and, um I, so, so for michael Peppertech saying he's nearsighted i would probably recommend starting because it depends on your prescription and it often depends yeah. on how asymmetrical your prescription might be but i would probably recommend starting with something like the rookie max seeing yeah. those diopters are going to clear enough so that you can focus uh, the image per eye and that's the other thing that i think is going to be very difficult 
helpful for these lighter weight XR glasses. Mm -hmm. Something that I also noticed a little, you can kind of see it in my uh, Rainio video, where one of the first flights I was taking, I, I took them, I still was adjusting the nose pads. So I've got one clip of me sitting in the Albuquerque airport, and the glasses are like slightly askew. And it was because I still hadn't gotten to that point where they were they were balanced from my face. If your face is slightly asymmetrical, like most faces are, that can also affect like because you think about how the displays are on one plane, yeah, and they can't really move very easily. So like if you move them, you're moving the plane of both lenses. So if you shift one display to better fit one eye, like say your dominant eye, that puts mm-hmm. the other display out of alignment with how you would normally look with uh, as a primate with binocular vision. It, it's all these little things that I think we still need to figure out is the biology of how this stuff yeah. works. It is. It, and, and I think that's the biggest, uh, we're getting closer, but I feel it, like some big steps. Yeah. I oh, feel no, like absolutely. this last year were some really big steps. For, from what we got last year for TCL and what we got now, I feel like it's a massive step forward. Um, again, a minor, co- I, I feel like minor tailoring has been done here. Primarily for me was, I think last year we got three pairs of, uh, of, uh, nose pads. This year we only got mm-hmm. one pre-mounted. No hard case no- really bummed me out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the soft fabric case to clean the lenses mm-hmm. and, and, and whatever, but no, I again, don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. I don't well, No, no. I, there's the, the experience <laughs> of it makes sense, but it's not protective. It's a, yeah because the again and then also the other thing is we don't have a the the front panel glass is no longer removable the nose yeah. pads are not removable a lot more permanent function or permanent fixtures uh, that mm. used to be replaceable so that if you know in case you need better I think last year they had three different uh, materials they were using for the nose ta- nose pads and I think they probably mm-hmm. settled on the one that maybe most people like the most or I guess uh, but yeah. I wanted a solution to be more of all blacked out. So this is where, where it kind of gets for me. I want to have the option to either A, turn everything off and be able to get that beautiful deep colors and get the colors that you'd expect out of this when you're on a plane or say in an environment like this where there's somewhat of light leakage on the side. Yeah. Oh, and then on the other side, like we talked before, but I maybe I want to be able to get that where I want to be able to see through more clearly and not have the bottom panels just kind of sitting there. Maybe give us at least the option of having this uh, this removed and maybe get a secondary thing or maybe even a cover that goes over it. So that was that would, that would have been my if I had to nitpick about the overall experience. Um, I think there are some again some decent improvements over last year. The price point is still pretty competitive if you think about it. And they yeah. had an early bird. I, I had someone who was like, "Oh, you're not even that cheap." Now that the early bird isn't there, and you're like. If you're comparing it against a head that was released a year ago, you have to understand that older products go on sale and newer products start out a little more expensive. But sub $400 is pretty competitive against, say, a really good travel OLED. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not feeling too bad. I feel like this is the right time for people to give these a try. Whether or not you, you get one of these, use it, decide you're going to marry it, that may not happen. But I think these... Yeah. Are all in really good shape to take on test drive now. Yeah, and and then of course the last the last thing I, I was I also appreciate about them is they brought in 120 hertz refresh rate, which is something that we didn't have yeah. last year. Last year was pretty much 60. So depending on how you're playing and the solutions that you're using, um, I didn't I don't know if you I, I didn't get a chance to see if you did, but I didn't I didn't get the new that the the Radoc that that they're 
basically they're yeah they, they didn't thing. send me one either and and i didn't request one because i'm not rocking the switch right now yeah i ended up having to get a i picked up an oled switch which is a subject for a different conversation because they're apparently one of our favorite <laughs> things got an oled upgrade which makes no sense to me now but we'll talk about that i'm i mean, i i've been recommending the glasses because if you're Steam Deck players like we are, you've yep. got those LCD displays on the Steam Deck, and you can switch to portable face-mounted OLEDs, but now you might not have to make that choice. Now, if you want OLED, apparently that's where Steam Deck is going. Well, I mean, so it seemed like, obviously, okay, so before we jump off and, and leave the radios, I mean, both of us have some videos. <laughs> I had a segue! I never No, no, you did, segue. you did, and I and I do want to make it a great segue, because we're going to nail that to the ground. Um, do me a favor, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, please check out both. Uh, there's a video on my side and yeah. one on one side as well. Um, and I think the solutions that we're getting here with the radios are great solutions. If you're looking for this type of um, mounted display on your face for travel, for content consumption. I was editing videos with it. Actually, that was it's one of the more, one of the more functional options I've gotten to is editing videos on con- yeah. using these glass. And again, seriously, I would have totally done it had it if I if it wasn't going to be weird me keep looking through the glasses when you guys are like here and I'm like talking there. But either way, <laughs> segueing over to this beautiful OLED conversation, mm-hmm. like okay. So are, are you going to get one? Are you going to flip your, your Steam Deck? And get so I'm Steam debating if I should flip the Steam Deck or should I buy the part? Because in theory, I should be able to upgrade it. So from what I understand, With the there will of probably the be a couple smaller other architectural differences where as it launches, it might not be directly a one-to-one transfer. And then okay. also we have to wait for those parts to hit the market. So oh, the repair no, parts no, come I, I, a little longer gonna, after after as, being sold. As you're talking, I'm going to bring it up on my side. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be but, very but, frank. Fat Pro's I, I buddy excited. Andrew is the one who is like sending me link after link about, and there's another video about it, and and it's coming. Yeah, and I might need to pull the SSD out of my current Steam Deck and put it in a new Steam Deck with OLED. <laughs> 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 no 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 and two, I do. Phones, two phones are saying like he was sharing those links too i mean there's definitely interest in this i think it's the right play to kind of piggyback on nintendo's launch strategy so okay so here we are with the amazing steam deck uh your game a whole new light steam deck OLED starts at 549 um wishlist on steam let's click that there and I'm not sure why I just clicked it here. Okay, I think this is this. Okay, so that's the page right there. So um, it essentially is. I mean, okay, from from this angle, it doesn't really look that different. It looks pretty much the same, with the exception of the LEDs yeah. or the OLEDs kind of going on. There is obviously a new price drop for the 256 model with the NVMe SSD. It's down to 399, um, mm-hmm. and ships within correct. Two weeks. That's it's a smart play. So yeah. seven inch. Uh, diagonal display size we're going to a 7.4 inch diagonal display size with a 7 nanometer apu jumping down to the 6 nanometer apu which is partially which is going to also kind of contribute to the power benefit that we're getting here because essentially it's supposed to last longer wi-fi 6e over wi-fi 5 i'm happy with that that's actually a good upgrade i like that i like that functionality and you know what's also really good about wi-fi 6e is that that's going to be even better for doing steam link 
Oh, that's using right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. To play the mode, the frequency is exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, 50 watt hour uh, batteries with so three to 12 hours of gameplay. Obviously, that coupled with the OLED panel and the new six nanometer APU, that's I think how they're factoring in the better battery life because it's the the increase wasn't mm-hmm. as dramatic if you think about it from 40 to 50. And of course, 45 watt that's pretty much the same, uh, but is 2.5 meter cable nice a little bit longer mm-hmm. carrying case that comes with it which is what we had before and then of course a steam profile bundle uh steam a stream uh profile bundle in there the one thing i noticed on on the um on the panel itself it didn't really go up that much in resolution we're still talking is it 720p yeah. no yeah again so, I, I mean this is the thing i want to give Val a little credit here at 90 this hertz, isn't steam this isn't steam deck 2 mm-hmm. electric no. bolo yeah exactly they I feel like a, uh, a lot of companies would have done what Steam did, or Valve did, and said, hey, we're not looking to make you feel like the Steam Deck that we finally just started shipping is now obsolete. So what we're looking at is refinement. And they said, first and foremost, one of the things that we really want to tackle is battery life. And that mm-hmm. seems to be exactly what they're addressing here. It doesn't look to me like this is going to be a radical improvement the processing power when you're really trying to drive this thing on really heavy, beefy, graphics-intense AAA titles, it should do that better. Mm-hmm. But the major difference here is can we extend the battery life at the performance tier we were at before? And think about how many times you said that about phone SOCs. I don't need you to give me crazy processing power above the Snapdragon 865. Give me Snapdragon 865 performance with three generations of power efficiency improvements, and I think people would be a lot happier. So I'm actually, as someone who owns like the launch week Steam Deck, you, that yeah, even has you the noisier fan. way earlier than me. I mean, I waited almost, what, a year? and I might not jump on this OLED just because Steam Deck has kind of fit into my short burst of gaming activity flow. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get, you know, 50, percent better battery life that's actually not a deal breaker for me because i very very rarely get to just sit and play to a point where my steam deck battery is exhausted for me it would literally just be the optical quality improvements and the contrast and the 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 sort of saturation of going with an oled display and i can maybe hold off on that for a little while yet i yeah i'm i'm probably with you on that boat with the like, I mean, it's kind of like talking about, you know, how the M1, M2, and M3 Max coming up as yeah. far as, you know, upgrades. It, you really, do you really need to upgrade? That's the question. Is, do you, is the well, upgrade Well, obviously, the M3 is out now, so the M2 is garbage. So you should throw away all the M2s and give Apple all your money for an M3. Hand over or hand hand over fist. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I, I wish, I, I just wish my pockets were deep enough. I mean, oh, I won't lie on the, on the part that I, I spent... Although I bought mine used, I spent a pretty penny on a used one, and it works, and it still works very sure. nice. The only pain that I have with the Mac M1 Max that I have is the fact that I only have one terabyte of storage, but I've already kind of circumvented that with an external SSD. So, yeah, uh, going back into the the Steam Deck conversation, I feel like I feel like this is one of those one times where I would feel maybe a little bit more comfortable saying maybe I'll wait and see if there is a way to, if, maybe if they will make a seven inch version of the OLED panel to upgrade the Steam, the original Steam Deck. Yeah. Cause you're right. There is a aspect. There's a form factor difference between the two. They're not the same size. It's just different enough. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. so Andrew was also saying, and I think I've seen this mentioned also that some of these other upgrading component swaps where people were putting in hall effect sticks and triggers 
features in the Steam Deck that those probably won't be compatible with this until those parts are fit specifically for this refresh. So on the one hand, it's not quite the unified hardware platform that I was hoping it would be. Mm-hmm. But this is exactly the kind of refinement that I would want to see. We're not we're not trying to see. I mean, like this is one of my concerns when we start looking at things like the AOS, uh, the ASUS, the, the ROG oh, Ally, uh, where ROG Ally, it, yeah, it reaches performance. It's at its most expensive configuration. It reaches a performance tier that I don't believe ASUS was properly prepared for, and it cooked SD cards. Those are those little things. The boutique solution a little handheld mini pc that's good for gaming it's really difficult to get a handle on what might those issues be and for you don't want to be learning that lesson after you're shipping products to consumers so here now we're getting the iteration the steam deck that i have is the older version of the current model of steam deck if you were to buy the same style of steam deck i have it's already a more refined product than what i bought and now we're getting just like the point one update where I'm not going to feel sad. My games are still going to play almost as good as this newer revision, but they're putting their money exactly where they said they would. They're, they're, they're focusing on exactly the aspects they said they would improve. And, and, and I, I, I agree. I think the aesthetic differences that we see here, again, it's that nice little see-through kind of, uh, you know, colorway. I mean, so that's the limited edition one. Sorry. So there is a limited edition for six, $640 that's going to be coming out. Or maybe is that the yeah that is the limited edition I think no or maybe not maybe that's yeah. a, there is a different version because they're showing us here this limited edition it says includes limited edition Steam Deck OLED different colorway with the one terabyte Steam Deck quantities are limited and are only available in the United States and uh, the Canada the the, mm-hmm. the upper land of Canada but there is obviously the one terabyte version here as well that has essentially the exclusive startup movie exclusive virtual yeah. keyboard theme and. Uh, what else is it? It looks like I had three more things than the other one, but I can't figure out what the other one. 45, 6, Oh, the, uh, no. I have no idea. Maybe they, they increased the size of the font. Oh, carrying case with removable liner. Sorry, my mistake. That's what it is. Uh, with removable liner. Very you know? chic. Absolutely, dude. Because you know what I did when I first got mine, right? I, I got a case from somebody else. Because that's, I like, no, I, I say, okay, so I'll say this. It my Steam Deck still runs quite a bit, quite well. The mm-hmm. CPU doesn't seem to be affected. I realize that the APU got a got an improvement on here, but it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel like this is the two series. This is more of a yeah. let's just make an OLED version and make a minor. Obviously, uh, I'm assuming part spinning uh, refresh due to the fact that the older parts are not that much probably available as much, and they want to basically cycle through. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and you've got to move on when no, when you're starting to change those little chip and stuff um yeah i i uh, again oh oh, no no, i'm saying i'll I'll probably wait i'll 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 wait and see um and you know i'm I'm not gonna lie that i've been eyeing the legion the lenovo legion go a little (laughs) bit too much uh yeah (laughs) although it happens happens to the best of us and and we had a whole conversation here between two phones and skulls talking about like Odin's versus the Razer Edge, which I that thought it was kind of funny. Razer Edge is now finally available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that happened like two weeks ago. That's so if you were yeah. looking at a more Android-y version of this concept with the 120 hertz OLED on it. 
Oh, yeah. um, that was one of the benefits. You yeah, could take PGX, a look at something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. With, with because Dragon. yeah, with, with uh, something akin to an 888, but with active cooling, where you can easily bump that 888, um, a performance tier above the generation of the hardware that is. Uh, so Farhan was asking whether or not we think it might be worth waiting for a Steam Deck 2. So if the Steam Deck has a 90 hertz screen, should I wait for Steam Deck 2? I'm very optimistic that it will have 120 hertz screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know of a lot of games that will push beyond 60 frames per second on these little APUs just yet. So uh, like I just finished up a, uh, a review on that little uh, Wizbox G, that gaming PC that was showing off a couple weeks back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you and that week. Yeah. It's an AMD monster. It's got that Radeon 680M. I mean, it's, it's you know, taking some really good laptop guts and putting them in a well-cooled uh, desktop enclosure. Um, not a lot of games are pushing beyond 60 FPS on that. And that is an order of magnitude more powerful than what's going to go with Steam Deck. I mean, like probably twice the power draw at max load. So I wouldn't be too anxious about 120 hertz because really the only thing that I think is going to draw at 120 hertz is the UI. And I don't care that much. No, we don't, you don't spend enough time with the UI thinking like, well, I want to be able to scroll through my library much faster. I want it to, you know, I wanted that buttery smooth. Uh, These menus, I can see the frames. Uh. (laughs) We know the struggle, man. We know your struggle and we, we understand and we feel with you, man. It's, it's good. I understand. You need that 120 goodness. Um, Although if you can kind of think about it, um, 50% 50% improvement over from 60 to 90 is quite more noticeable than going from 90 to 120. So from, uh, yeah. I know, I mean, I don't want to discount that 90 is obviously maybe not the best solution. It still is decent. No, no, no. So, so again, so something like that is good and where you might see it would be on maybe a game like Dead Cells. Maybe. Okay. I was going to say Undead Horde, like but yeah, sure. Dead Cells. Um, Undead Horde is it, weird. It depends on what you're saying. Think- yeah. No, but I was going to say is is on a Steam Deck. On a oh, yeah. Steam Deck, I don't know that Undead Horde can really reach, can really sustain above 60. Um, unless you really kick down quality settings, which, I, I mean, the game is already so blocky, you want to play it lower. Um, I don't believe end runs in Vampire Survivors are probably going to pin 91 to get a whole bunch of enemies on screen for your 28th and 29th minutes. Uh, I, I, I genuinely don't know of many games on my seat so many of my games that i'm playing on my Steam deck i'm actually looking at other performance um trade-offs like if it's a game like hellblade i'm looking at fsr to take that down to 30 frames per second so that i can have a reasonable resolution and the game doesn't look like garbage Mm um uh, it, it I'm looking at other games where maybe I need to take the frame rate down and pin the screen refresh and the frame rate down to 45 frames per second. So a 90 hertz screen doesn't help me if I'm playing a game that is so graphically demanding that I can't even sustain 60 FPS. So it's things that like you you want to do the shopping for you and that all comes down to what kinds of games you play. If you're telling me you play Tetris and Baba is you, Mm -hmm. then you could bump that up 90 hertz and it's going to look real pretty playing little indie games in tetris <laughs> and that's great you'll do it and, and you'll really enjoy it 
but I'm not sure that's what a lot of people go into when they say, I need a 120 hertz screen. They want to play a game above 60 FPS. And a lot of those games where you're really going to see the visual benefit of that, probably not the games that you're going to try and tax a Steam Deck with, maybe? It, it's going to be one of those situations where you're right. If the hardware may be ahead of the where it need, where we needed, the concern is can we can we push can we push the system can we push the resources to to give us the experience that we want a smooth game at a, above sixty frames per second. Uh, but you're right. No, no. I mean, I, um, my son and I. I mean, he plays uh, Apex Legends on uh, sixty frames per second. I can, I can, mm-hmm. I would imagine a game like that would definitely benefit from it running higher. But I don't know if the Steam Deck would be it if the game would be well, playable as well without dropping the resolution. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. You, you could you could also tank the quality, of, which is typically what we get with mobile games. You know, to increase the frame <laughs> yeah. rate, you lose the quality because you get more. You know, the system doesn't have to render as much. Right, you, you, like you you shift the load over from one side to the other. Um, it, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So there are some videos, as as you mentioned, Fat Produce uh, Andrew's been dropping some videos for you, um, kind of kind of mm-hmm. go, talking about what we're getting with with the new system. Um, I hope it is something that a lot of us will maybe see, and maybe it does become a conversation later. Um, I think the initial massive demand for Steam Deck was because of where Steam Deck was at the time. It was ahead of the curve. It was showing us something that nobody well, else was it willing set to a do. standard. And it felt yeah. like a standard. It didn't if feel I, like just a one-off experiment from a boutique company that was then going to make a completely different handheld four months later. It is now a proper baseline. And to me, this is the minimum experience we should expect from a PC game portable. There are going to be plenty of opportunities to spend more and get something more powerful, to spend more and get something with other hardware configurations and features. But right now, you can't drop me below a Steam Deck. You need to give me a price to performance somewhere around the Steam Deck for those portables to make sense. Valve has set a baseline, and I think that's what's really exciting. Now we can count on these games play well, this thing is fun, you've got this kind of software support, and it obviously worked for for uh, Valve because I, know, I don't know about you, but just getting the Steam Deck kind of reignited the the fun that i used to have pc gaming and i've spent a lot more on games since getting the steam deck so oh it's working absolutely (laughs) i i ended up buying god of war uh the entire the remastered edition purely just be able to play it again on on mobile Uh, absolutely uh uh, what's it called uh mortal Kombat for me on it absolutely Mm -hmm. um and tons of little indie games i mean no no, absolutely for me pick up pick up put and that, well, that kind well of worth getting the larger cool. SSD on that as a, as opposed to the oh, original. Yeah. Um, what we got with the original, uh, I think, was it the um, the EMMC? The base model was EMMC, which was like a like like really you're really okay. Um, no, no, absolutely. I, I think that's the biggest thing about it is it it took away the constraints of needing a laptop for gaming and having a portable solution like a tablet, but it became, it gives you, gives you the controls. It gives you the library access. It lives you, it, it gives you just everything that you want. And then if you want to connect it to a bigger display, dock it and then use it on the yeah. display. That was the other solution. Video out was a beautiful thing. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, we're attesting, we're attesting the fact that it's something that we enjoy quite a bit with glasses. So um, I hope I hope that we see more. Maybe I'm hoping that we see the the Steam Deck two a lot sooner. Although whomever decides to pick up the Steam Deck at this time or in the future, when the tw- when the OLED is becoming more of the standard, um, I'm pretty sure they're going to enjoy it, and I'm pretty sure they're going to yeah. be uh, very happy to see a lot of their con- a lot of their titles in their Steam library 
support it because well, as, as time it, goes on, support gets better and better. And this is just going to refine what a standard is. The standard should grow over time and evolve over time. And now we've got conversations about sub $600 mini yep. portable handheld PCs that incorporate things like better power management and OLED displays. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a lot more difficult for another company to come and say, hey, we've got this and it's 15% more powerful. But you can only play for two and a half hours and it's got an LCD. You know, like that's now not going to be as we're not going to be as charitable to a company especially when we're not as confident that they're going to be supporting the device for as long offering all the same repair parts there's not going to be the same community making um accessories for them that all kind of that that all kind of weighs on the consumer how they make purchasing decisions oh absolutely absolutely it's it's a big part of how at least we look at it um when we're buying uh any product i mean even for me I didn't jump in on the on on purchasing my current car, the EV that I have before many, many generations of improvements, update infrastructure. There's mm-hmm. a lot more things that goes into a conversation whenever you're buying a piece of tech. Uh, you know, what network you're going to be using it? Is it going to work in the area that you're going to be working in? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I so mean, put putting the numbers out there, Michael Corcoran is like, that's pretty spot on. $399, 256 gig of storage. I mean, that, that that's like meta quest territory for a standalone VR headset. This is a proper game console that happens to be almost Nintendo portable, but it yep. plays your PC games. And that's the same price as getting a Razer Edge Wi-Fi edition. That's an incredible Oh, and, and, and you can run it like a desktop PC. That was the other thing that you got to yeah. realize. If you dock it and you boot it up sure. into Linux, yeah, you're you're running a, like a you're running it like a laptop, connected Bluetooth. So as much mouse. as I really dig that little Razor Edge, that is a much more difficult price fight now for for Razor in this space. Um, you have to get granularly specific about what kinds of features might appeal to an individual. As a broad recommendation for PC gaming nerds, it's much harder to pull a PC gaming nerd over and considering Android as a solution for gaming. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> so this is, this is now a, a, a visceral uh, cost comparison against a lot of players out there. Even if it doesn't win all the Geekbench scores, it's doing some things that are very impressive at a price that is almost that family casual entertainment purchase, you know, that it's iPad territory, it's console territory. It, it's, this is a perfect gateway drug to get people into PC gaming where then you can also sell them on the idea of longevity and compatibility where I can yeah. still install games that I bought years ago on any new piece of hardware that I get to play games on. Yeah, it, it rejuvenates your library. It, absolutely. You can go through and see exactly some of those games that you haven't played, play it again, and then just get to enjoy them over and over. Yeah. Um, one of the things I probably will say is uh, it we, we need to start seeing when things are available. Obviously, the Steam Deck is not going to be available till the 16th. That's what, next Wednesday, Thursday, next week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're gearing for the holidays. They want people to try and jump on it before. They're probably going to be a mad dash for it. So if you're interested, definitely mark that date on the calendar. Make sure your Steam system, Steam account is in good standing. You've purchased yeah. things before. You know all of the th- all of the pain, pain and headaches that Juan had to go through to buy his first Steam Deck. <laughs> we need to learn our lessons from his from his uh, challenges. But, but I would I would 
I don't believe the early reaction is going to be as brutal as mine no, was, no, no, where no, no, the absolutely. Steam servers were melting down so bad, they couldn't verify that I had an account for years. And I, I've been buying games on Steam for years before trying to put in that pre-order, and I end up getting in the day after. Um, I think it's going to be that bad. Yeah, but I would still expect enough. Like three months later, remember? Or something no, like that? Was like, <laughs> even the, even but, that day after. So it was, it was all the delays and Thankfully enough, people seem to drop their pre-orders that my order didn't ship super late compared to people that were like minute one uh, pre-order people. I don't believe this refresh is going to be as aggressive, but I would still expect servers working a little harder than usual when the pre-order page was live. I'm I'm also imagining that the batch or the quantities are not going to be as... You're right. Oh, actually, so so that produce... Brings up another good point. Yeah. Keep an eye on the used market. Um, that produce says I'm already seeing a ton of LCD Steam decks on Floppa in anticipation for the OLED. If we know a 256 gig OLED is going to be coming at 399, people aren't going to be selling their LCD 256 for 549. That's not going to be a thing anymore. So you might be able to score a pretty good deal. And it, let's say you even get the 64 gig EMMC LCD Steam Deck. It's mm-hmm. not that hard to pop in it's a larger SSD. And if you get a good sale on that and then buy a 512 or a one terabyte SSD, you can have yourself a phenomenal portable PC console. And yep. it might be the same price or cheaper than the base model OLED. This is, this is going to be some fun stuff to shop once we start yep. seeing how people start trying to offload the uh the older lcd models yeah no no and i think that's the biggest thing for, for me is where i was looking at it as will i or at least from what i see will i get that much more of an enjoyable experience and longer gameplay i feel like this is minor revision and again yeah we, we want to be able to see some i, I want to say at least horsepower improvement overall like, don't get me wrong the battery life yeah. is important for me on the steam deck but uh, like what but, we saw last yeah, time when we were talking about Robocop, you know, there's yeah. we're starting to see some titles that may start push the limit. And and I'll, I'll say that oh, totally God did. of War, although runs, it is not 100% smooth all the time. I mean, I still appreciate the fact that it runs and it's playable, mm-hmm. but there are some areas where there's some choppiness that you could see where the system is really being pushed. Um, yeah. But the, the short end of the story, obviously, is we'll have to see. Congrats to you know Valve, the ability of releasing an update, and I'm happy that they're supporting the ecosystem and not leaving it. Oh, the one here's release, uh, here's yeah. my prediction for my family: I will probably not jump on OLED Steam Deck this year. Mm-hmm. I'll try to wait for a proper Steam Deck to, which could be like announced 2024 for a 2025 release. I mean, I'm expecting Steam Deck 2, like the actual successor Steam Deck, not a revision, to be another year or two away now that they're releasing OLED. But if I do eventually cave and get the OLED, I still probably won't sell the LCD because I think Marie will just steal it to be her personal Tetris machine. And I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm feeling you're you're forgetting a, a very important player in the game, my friend. That is slowly but surely creeping up and getting bigger and bigger. And obviously, yeah. you know, I think you may have somebody else stealing it. It may not so even make it. You're not wrong, but <laughs> Lex has already gotten into the habit of stealing my razor edge because it fits her hands better. 
So can I don't I, get a game I'm on the Ritter Red conniving, I'm going to say congratulations. <laughs> Achieve. Uh, you feel like you feel like I've done something successful as a parent. He likes to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Vampire Survivors. Like, um, yeah. But that could be that could be the split, um, especially okay. over the next year. I don't think that's going to change for Lex. Like she's she's grown like a weed, but yeah, you know, she's, she's oh no, absolutely. Eight. Um, but she, when she picks up the Ridge Red, it is like sculpted for her hands. It's like perfect. Um, but Marie has occasionally been stealing my steam back. It's like, oh, well, let me just kind of play a little uh, Poyo Poyo Tris or a little Tetris effect. And oh. every now and then um, I'll get her set up. She doesn't really know how to get through my terrible insulation, some of my emulators. But she loves picking up like classic um, Nintendo games. Like the original Super Mario Brothers is, is like her her comfort game, yeah. right? This takes her back to her childhood. And that's the kind of stuff she loves doing on steam deck that would be her machine and then maybe daddy could get it great well i was running more yeah i, I ran more emulators on uh the uh the razor edge a little bit more because i found it a little yeah. bit easier with android and so on but uh i think no at the end of the day the reality is either solutions are going to be fine we have other options on the market and i think it, it was again mm-hmm. At the time where Steam Deck came out, it was very revolutionary. It was something that did not exist. There was a lot of questions. Well, we've, uh, we've never had a standard like this in PC game. One, yeah. one power to performance level that we all sort of agreed on was the acceptable place to start for yeah. PC gaming. And uh, now I feel like we've got a console style of uh, conversation here. And that helps helps to set the stage. If someone wants to go even more powerful, we could look at some crazy gaming laptops. Someone wants to go more um, with something more boutique with very specifically chosen components in a handheld. You've got uh, Asus and you've got Lenovo. You've got all these other like I with INEO and what's the other company that's making? So there's Lenovo, there's Asus, there's AI. I am, oh, you're talking about the emulator based uh uh, gaming system. Oh no, no, no! But I mean, like for little mini hardcore PCs, but they're expensive. Like they're mm-hmm. they're more expensive than Steam Deck because that company can't make them at scale. So yeah. you've got other options. You can build on top of. But I don't think anything really kind of lands the conversation. I mean, sorry, I don't think anything really starts the conversation for PC gamers like Steam Deck has. And so yeah. that's where the longevity of this thing is going to do really well. No, I, I and I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's a good that's a good point for us to be able to kind of uh, maybe jump off as well to um, start talking about a little bit more, uh, not necessarily like a vaporware, but more early looks and early conversations a little bit going on with. Um, I guess this is a little bit weird. Like typically, we don't hear about a device's optics this publicly uh, before the actual yeah. device is announced. Although, for sure. I mean, we kind of kind of have a good idea of what the device is going to be, you know, powered by and display tech and, and you know, mm-hmm. the, the operating system, so on, all of that good stuff. But I, I want to specifically, let me go ahead and share this real quick on my, on our Twitter side. If I can remember how to share again, share screen X and actually right Come now. On, you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> I know, I know. I got to learn how to do all of these things again. Um, so the, let me see here. Can I get this thing? Of course we can't. I can't pinch and zoom. I forgot. I saw I saw the tweet <laughs> where somebody actually had the announcement, the optics. Okay, so uh, it's all in Chinese. Sorry, <laughs> it is all in Chinese. 
but I saw somewhere I can't forget because I was trying to as you were talking before trying to bring in. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. This one. Okay, so because this, I remember it also filled up the display. That was the, the reason why I liked it. So this was the announcement uh, infograph that they put out at the end, and then of course Google Lens Magic. We're allowed looking into some of the optic information that we're talking about here. Essentially, is obviously collaboration with with Hasselblad. It's going to be still mm-hmm. running, uh, you know, the One Plus Twelve. Uh, it, we're talking about the new primary sensor. The help me how do, how do you how do we say this correctly? I, I haven't been able to basically the, the new Sony is it lit. I've been saying light, yeah. Light 808? Lit or light? Uh, So I've been saying like a light. I've been saying light, and I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Yeah, well, but the thing is, I've heard it both. I've heard it said light, and I've heard it both ways. Yeah, either way. Um, (laughs) So the, okay, so what I'll probably say is this, um, and and this is just purely on my side, and I'm I'm hoping somebody, at some point, a company will correct and correct me and maybe prove me wrong Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Last year with the um the eight eight ninety nine, I think it's the eight ninety nine, right? The one inch sensor from or you know, the the ninety nine. Yeah. Um Sony released a in my opinion, I feel like with these three implementations that we got, a beautiful, a beautiful sensor that had that has a lot of power to give, uh a lot of light to absorb, the bokeh, the mm-hmm. effect of what we we're able to get there. I haven't seen I've seen very few devices that come close to mimicking that. Mm-hmm. This new sensor from Sony is seemingly being adopted by multiple companies. And yeah. we'll get a chance to look at some of those images. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because Xiaomi also is using the same sensor. It's not, yeah. you know, that, you know, obviously. Pro. I yeah. believe that is a variation on this technology that's in the new iPhone, which has helped the iPhone deliver a much more competitive camera on the 15 pro this year and i and i hope and i hope again i hope this is again going to be i mean it, i'll say this about um from the few images that i've seen or the few image samples that i've seen from our buddy ben um he's been very impressed with it he's been comparing it to the 15 yeah. pro and it kind of goes a little bit back and forth playing with the oneplus open using a very similar stack sensor technology it, absolutely and i think that's the biggest thing for me is more I'm seeing we're seeing more shift of companies moving towards this. There's a good chance that the Find X7 Pro, next year's generation of the Find X, may not mm-hmm. have the one inch sensor anymore and may be going towards yeah. something similar to what we get here. You the save 12, a lot of space. It is a yeah. very difficult engineering challenge to deliver a one inch type sensor and not have a significant camera bulge. I don't know if did you see the I think we talked about it, but um there was the concept for the Nubia that mm-hmm. had a one inch type sensor with a 35 millimeter equivalent lens. And oh, you wow. had basically like a hockey puck <laughs> sticking out the back of that phone to allow for the depth on that sensor. So what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping we'll see, I believe these claims where uh, the companies are saying, Hey, this sensor gives us all the, gives us even more light than going with yeah. a one inch type sensor. But we're not getting the same optical characteristics, the same depth of field. No. So I'm hoping that we'll see a, a Sony out next year, like a Pro I2 or a Pro II or something like that. And I'm hoping we'll see a Xiaomi 14 Ultra that is using yeah. the new stacked, because it's even bigger than a one-inch tight sensor. So Sony makes this. It exists. Mm-hmm. It's a... 0.98. It's a one over point. It's instead of a one over one, it's a one over 0.98 inch type sensor. So it's ever so slightly larger. 
than a, a, a one inch type sensor on a four by three aspect ratio. If that goes into a Xiaomi 14 Ultra, we get the optical characteristics, we get the variable aperture, and then we get that stack light acquisition. That's going to be the best camera phone of 2024. Here, here. I appreciate the predictions, and we'll hold you definitely to those words once the 14 Ultra <laughs> is announced. But, um, but we're so that's exciting. Though, is that we're seeing the trend? You know, Huawei, I think, get this off with a much more variable aperture. Sony give us two stage. Xiaomi give us two stage. Now Xiaomi is giving us a, a variable stage aperture. I need to see Vivo. Vivo is the company that I really hope that they will deliver that photography focus and then oppo can go back to maybe being a little wackier with some of their experiments yeah i, I want to see more you're right i think that's the weird thing about it this year we've seen them do i mean don't get me wrong i think i still think the find x6 pro or not think i i know my the find x6 pro is one of my favorite devices up to this date still i like the the the, the cameras I like the the optics and I like especially the 3x telephoto lens is one of my favorites. Like yeah. seriously, bar none, it's one of my good. favorite telephotos on the market. And um, the the 13 Ultra is primarily going to be one of the other right after, right next to that is one of my favorite devices. And it is purely because of what that sensor can do and the way the the the, the it's not just the, the like acquisition, but it's just the the optics, the benefits of just getting that type of an optic in a in a device. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. The, the bulkiness on the back because you're buying this as a camera the driven device yeah. you know you don't stumble on into a 13 ultra or find x6 pro and i feel like a lot of people like to compare them as if there's just like a one sauce recipe kind of thing for everybody if, if, and it isn't if it's just light then yeah. you're right then sure you can soak up just as much light with a smaller surface area but when you start changing the sensor size you change the lens characteristics and to me this is like this is the difference between going with a newer, more expensive, uh, more advanced EPS-C camera versus oh. last year's full frame. Yeah. And there are going to oh, be absolutely. plenty of people who want the focal lengths, the uh, image, uh, qual- not image quality in terms of does it look better, but image qualities, how you play with light, how you play with depth yield, how you play with um, exposure. A full, an older full frame camera will produce images that a newer APS-C camera they won't they won't be the same. So no, that to me is is a part of this like comparison and conversation where yes we have a newer technology that is arriving at a smaller image sensor. It's on the back of this phone that I'm using to stream right now, and it's one of the most fun cameras to shoot on of the year. Even more mm-hmm. surprising that it's on a foldable. And yet, when I really, really want to dig into some photography, I reach for a Vivo or I reach for a Xiaomi because I really like what that white sensor produces when we're really looking at the photographic aspects of an image. And, and, and speaking of Vivo and, and, and Xiaomi and so on, and um, surprisingly, somehow I got an email from, um, from uh, I guess, a Gistop and they're starting to pre-order the IQ. Like, I, like we're already at that IQ yeah. 12 level, man. I'm like, dang yeah. it. Like, but I, I feel like it's really going to be just, I, I, I will be very surprised if there's much delineation next year. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a similar strategy that we had in 2023, where the IQ 11 and the one plus 11 were more alike than they were oh, like cousins, different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically just, do you want, Untouch, or do you want color robots? 
uh, oxygen was <laughs> it's it is fun though no it's kidding no i'm with you um, <laughs> one of the other things that they also kind of tease us as well is a new telephoto uh, lens uh, and then we're, yeah. we're seeing some of the optics in here they're using obviously the side mount uh, the side type of sensor where the light kind of bends goes in you're getting that the separation mm -hmm. between so you can get better optical uh you know representation uh, and then, of course, the Pro XDR uh, photon matrix technology, some of the new collaborations as well. I think if I'm not mistaken, I, I think the OnePlus 12 is supposed to be showcasing the new Oppo slash um, Hasselblad new collaboration, their new image sense uh, image stack. Or uh, let me double check real quick. I forgot the yeah. uh, the name that they actually listed it. But here. Oh, yeah. so here's some camera samples. So for everybody kind of uh, enjoying. Apparently, they were in Paris. <laughs> you love you're looking at like. A social media compressed image of oh no no absolutely compressed I, image. Of... The fun part about it is this was done during Oppo's photography event in Paris. Yeah. So Oppo currently was running a a, 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 a its own little uh, show kind of going on. But what I found, what really kind of struck me. Okay, so here, don't get me wrong. I don't mind taking pictures, and if I, especially if you have obviously a friend that's willing to sit down and watch it. So you have the the images here. I think this is the 14 Pro. This is the the uh, the, the the 12, and then mm -hmm. they jump over to the drink, but then they take this picture. She's like, it's mm -hmm. done. Like, please, it's over, right? I mean, we got it. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. Um. But yeah, a lot of lot of different things kind of going in there. So the 50 megapixel is going to be the one over one point one point four three. That's going to be the one for the telephoto with OIS. Um, mm. Or no, oh yeah, I take that back. No, no, no. Uh, is it? I think it's the 64 one uh, half half inch sensor at f 2.6 with OIS is going to be the the telephoto out. I could be wrong, and I think the 50 maybe they are ultra wide. So uh, I thought the 64 was the same. I I might have this wrong. I am now, I'm looking at my phone right now, not like actually pulling up specs and stuff. I thought the telephoto sensor was going to be the same as the OnePlus Opens telephoto, but on a longer focal length lens. Which would, where... which would put it as the 60, I want to say the... That would be the 64. And, and it would yeah. be this surprisingly good Omnivision. Omnivision has never made a great sensor in my entire gadget reviewing history. But using this telephoto, it's almost pixel good. And yeah, that's yeah. shocking to see Omnivision listed on the part sheet for a telephoto sensor like this. It, it is. It, I think it's stacking up to be. Well, I'll, I'll say this: it's stacking up to be more of OnePlus coming back to trying to give us more of a powerful device. It's not stacking up to be yeah. more of the, I mean, don't get me wrong. The 11 is a great device. It offers a lot of great mm -hmm. functionalities and it has a lot of things that are done right with it. But it we're probably still going to lose some of the experimental stuff. Like I don't see 4K 120 coming back to a OnePlus. Yeah, because that I'm, was something. Yeah, we, we didn't get that. it back with the with the open. That was one thing I was yeah. looking forward to. That didn't come back. Um, but I think it, it's, it's the it, it's going to come down obviously to the high readout uh, sensors and what they're able mm -hmm. to do there. But as long as I'm hoping we get, I'll say this: I'm hoping we get video out. I'm hoping we get. Yeah, with, with it back on the OnePlus Open, how much did you miss it on the OnePlus Eleven? Right. It, it it became such an obvious conversation. It's like, oh my god, this is well. It's so for me. I'll, I'll be very honest. It's devices like the Rayneos. It's devices like the Rokids, yeah. the X Reels. These solutions. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, at early bird pricing was like two ninety nine for for a yeah. brand new pair of these guys. So my my mom was helping my grandmother out last week before we mm -hmm. had to kind of come together and 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 support uh, the other side of the family here. 
Mm-hmm. And she was having this these huge problems with my grandmother's Roku TV. She just wanted to show like this video that she subscribed to. It's a channel that um that's uh it's a subscription on Vimeo. And Vimeo doesn't have an app for Roku, so she's trying to figure all this stuff out. She eventually got to the point where she was like, Well, I've seen in some videos that you just like plug a phone into a TV. Is that something I can do? And you're like, Unfortunately, mom, you have one plus XT. So no. <laughs> You don't have video out. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you eventually get to a problem-solving state where your phone can be the catch-all in a situation mm-hmm. like that specifically if it supports that feature. And it's funny. I think that's actually one of the things that's pushing my mom now to consider a phone upgrade after all this time. She's I'm... been rocking this OnePlus 6T. She's yeah. proud that she's using a phone this long. But Jeez, the fact she that wins she the award of the five year turnaround, man. Think about it, man. We've talked about yeah. this since since then. I remember we talked about it when the McLaren came out. And you're like, nope, yeah. my mom likes the 60. She's perfectly fine with it. Like, she's, sure? she's been eight, nine. She, no. She's still pretty much good with it, but she kind of understood this was a specific use case. This mm-hmm. is not something she's ever going to do regularly. But you know what? spending that little bit more on a phone that has a feature like that would have come in handy as the solution for this problem when I need it, but I didn't have that. And that's well, one of those you probably didn't things, know like, you once you show it. people. And you didn't know you needed it when you first got the phone. That was the thing about, we had video out on Perfect. plus yeah. devices, um, but not, not, not a lot of people were talking about it. It was there mm-hmm. and it just kind of fell right under the radar. We were excited about it because we could plug in and do screen mirroring. Um, and then we always just got a chance to play like desktop with the Android desktop in there because you get a chance to see what it looks like. Um, so again, I hope that that feature comes back. Obviously, the the the, the different experiences that we're talking about here is, are pretty much just you know what makes what made OnePlus unique. Obviously, the notification slider; those are the type of the solution that we appreciate. Mm-hmm. And of course, optimization with Color OS and slash Oxygen OS um, fourteen, which and technically also- is still in beta, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll have to see. But but also, I mean, I think we're all we got to be really concerned that the OnePlus 12 is going to launch with 2023 charging specs. Oh my God! Don't give me those conversations. Oh my. Yeah, God. I mean, it's it's old charging. Why would anyone want to use charging from 2023? I mean, that's that's just a terrible way to. It's old TK. What what is it? It's what is old. it? Is it that slow? Is it that slow eighty watt, or is it that, that okay. slightly so, faster one hundred? I, I I got real pissy and snarky on all the social media. I shared it on literally every social media platform. Oh, I saw. I now. saw. I was with you. Right? So th- there was this headline: um, One Plus Twelve to, to launch with twenty twenty three charging specifications. <laughs> and in the article, they don't even say what the wattage is. They describe it as the voltage and the amps. So you would have to do the multiplication to get to what I mean, it's the same 100 watt international 80 watt charging. US. It's the fastest charging phone in North America. It's like three times faster charging than iPhone is. And every bit about the article felt perfectly manic- man- uh, manicured and obfuscating to make it seem like OnePlus is using old technology. Because if you're used to hearing, like, Samsung has 45-watt charging, Apple has 27-watt charging. Oh, okay, well, it's the watts. Oh, OnePlus, they have, what is it, nine, 
was it nine eleven nine and eleven nine point one and eleven anyway but yeah if, you, if you're saying there's like what are what are the voltage and the amperage of this charger that's not how we talk about it we talk about it in wattage and this article purposely went out of its way to not say it's an eighty watt charger in North America which is included in the box box so I was very disappointed in the quality of that journalism. Um, on a headline that was obviously like pandering to iPhone owners. It, it is absolutely, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to the creativity level that you get to get to get people to click on an article, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I know. It's like reinventing, I don't know, I'm not going to say it. it real, so the story, I, so I saw your, your your post, I think it was, I saw it on X and um, I was like, Oh crap! Like seriously, man, what 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 is the level you'd have to go down to to get people to click on an yeah. article? The fact is, the phone isn't launched yet. Uh, we are seeing some technical some technical information coming out from a photography based event for Oppo that OnePlus's mm-hmm. conversation kind of goes in there because they share a lot of information and a lot of hardware. So the the, the obviously, I'm pretty sure we're not going to have to wait too long for the launch of the yeah. OnePlus 12. I, I'm pretty sure, obviously, it's going to be launching in China first, as it typically does. What do you, do you think the delay is going to be? Because we know it'll launch China first. We think it'll be a month before it's it's starting to show up in Europe, or do you think it's I, going to be like after, or like closer to I, NWC? I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say, okay, I I would love for it to be faster and sooner. Mm-hmm. I am not sure. If it's going to, because if unless it goes in with carriers and so on, then that typically will add a certain number of months of delay because of certifications and so on. And it I seems don't like think OnePlus it's going is, carriers next. Oh no, year. I don't. But that's what I'm saying. I think I think, think OnePlus is probably going to go along the line of no, we're going to just go straight up by ourselves again. So if we go in that manner and we look at it this way, I think I'm pretty. I'll, I'll say this: maybe January, maybe February, but not, well, I guess if you say mm-hmm. February, then that, that is MWC. Last year, if I'm not mistaken, we had the 11 was out by MWC, right? Because I remember I saw the concept version of the 11 at MWC, and I think that wasn't too long after. So there's a good chance we may see the OnePlus 10, sorry, 10, the OnePlus 12 launch somewhere in January. I'd probably predict Mm -hmm. a little bit, maybe if not late December, but because they probably wouldn't do it on the holiday. They'll do it like right after. So I'm thinking maybe around maybe CES. Or closer to see uh, that'd be fine because I mean that was Aiku launch time. Um, Aiku launched real early. So this the year. pre-orders for the so I didn't get a chance to find out what the date is for availability for the Aiku twelve. I know it went up on pre-order, and I saw some leaks mm-hmm. about information about it. With you know, obviously the twelve and the twelve Pro, I think is what they're putting it in as pre-orders, and I'm not sure which yeah. if both are going to be available globally. That's there's the other mm-hmm. thing. Um, but Qualcomm kind of threw the, the wrench at, at the whole machine and the timeline and, you know, reality and, and you know, which multiverse are we in and MCU and DC <laughs> and like, seriously, are we watching Spider-Man? Or are, we, are we in the multiverse? And is this the Matrix conversation kind of thing? Sure. All of this is going to be really new, new things for us. I mean, we'll have to find out. I'll say that I'll say that I wouldn't be surprised if it does come out earlier. Yeah. December, I feel like maybe the China, I, because we're like already in November, yeah, right? I think so. And today's yeah. what, like today, today's what the third, blah, 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 I keep forgetting. Today's the eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth, eighth, ninth, tenth. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it because it's midnight here on the East Coast. It is now the tenth. Wait, you're in the future? I am in the future. Let me tell you. Uh, How does it look? November tenth is pretty great. Okay, I'm really it, enjoying it, it. Seems like a good day so far. 
Okay, good, good, good. Pretty good day so far, yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I think day. I think you've got a lot to look forward to. I'm looking forward hours. to right now. I'm actually so much looking forward to talking to you. And I, I, I want to start landing this plane just because I, I am about to just keel over at, uh, at some point very soon here. Um, but I did want to um, hard shift gears because yeah. uh, obviously we talked a little bit about Qualcomm, uh, the Qualcomm Summit. It just felt like over this last week, um, there was a lot of buzz talking about the new Apple M3 against Intel, AMD, and of course, oh, that's right, that's Qualcomm right. Yeah, is trying with, to do yeah, 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 the yeah. X Elite. And uh, I'm very, I'm not very frustrated. I actually want to give a shout out to the to the um, to some of the writers over at Windows Central. I think they did a pretty good job of trying to break down some of the confusion that we've been seeing. And so I saw their article go up and I like, okay, I feel like I can kind of add a little bit more to this. I posted an editorial around my Patreon um, that should go public over the next couple of days after I'm done with this kind of travel. But one of the things that I think has been really confusing is how some manufacturers talk about your processor power like processor tdp and other manufacturers talk about the entire system tdp and qualcomm give us specs for um their their sort of test systems at system tdp so oh. you see you know like this is a system that's an 80 watt laptop and then apple says oh but our m3 pro is a 30 or 50 watt and you're like oh so the apple must be like 50% more efficient. And you're like, well, but they're talking about just their SOC, not the entire system. And the entire system can draw as much as 90 watts. So now we're having these these kind of different, we're talking past each other when we're saying, oh, this system draws this much power, delivers this much performance, and arrives at this kind of Geekbench score. And of course, Geekbench scores are functionally useless at predicting real world app performance in the apps you really standard use. of everything but yes go on mm-hmm. I, I mean if you're a lazy hack reviewer and you don't have anything to contribute to the conversation because you don't actually use your phones tablets or laptops to do anything then sure a geekbench store is great but if you actually try to do stuff like i cut together a, a video on my phone for my daughter's Dia de los muertos uh celebration and yes, it was fine. shot edited, rendered, and uploaded all from my Pixel 8 Pro because you do things on phones when you really use phones. I digress. Um, This is one of the things that has got me critically excited about what Qualcomm is claiming is that they have a test configuration for a laptop at 80 watts and a test configuration for a laptop at 23 watts. That is crazy. And if they have a system that delivers... Some of these, their synthetic benchmark scores, they are wholly unreliable for real-world use. But if they can stay under 30 watts, they are near the performance synthetic benchmarks on something like Apple M3, not an M3 Pro, just a regular M3, but at like a 20-watt power reduction. And that could be... Very exciting for Windows laptops into um, 2020, at the end of 2024. Yeah, 2024, 2025, know, as we, we start getting more adoption and more yeah. devices 
Well, I mean, we have a deal. We have a bet going on who's actually going to use one of these chips first, and we'll have to treat each other to lunch. And I think you're probably going to win. But that's, to me, the the most exciting part of this is right now, you can get a 13th gen Intel Core i7. The -hmm. Core i7 will outperform the, uh, in again, synthetic benchmark will deliver better synthetic benchmarks than um, Qualcomm's XLE. But the Intel 13, uh, the Intel Core i7 okay. is currently idling at around 20 watts, doing nothing and with a screen set to minimum brightness, the, compu- the Intel machine is drawing almost as much power as the low wattage version of the X Elite at full load. That Core i7 will draw as much as 150 watts in a Lenovo, and Lenovo only packages that laptop with a 140 watt charger. So if your machine doesn't throttle, it will drain the battery faster than the battery the can charge. Can charge, yep. At 150 watts, um, almost twice the power draw of Qualcomm's highest spec <laughs> version of their chip at an 80 watt. Chip. So it's these types of it's these types of performance metrics. I bet you Intel into next year will still win the outright speed awards. Okay, but they're not going to be anywhere near the power efficiency awards. And we might be looking at entry levels, or I should say entry. I don't think these will be cheap. I think they'll still be premium priced laptops, but absolutely little ultrabooks going head to head against MacBooks and maybe beating them by like 30% power draw. And the MacBook is already an incredible performance per watt kind of system. Oh no, absolutely. It, it, it's crazy to see one of the other reasons why when when i was looking at what we saw with the refresh on the m3s and the m3 pro and all of that good stuff i i was excited to see what they offered and i saw again again I, i've been waiting for for qualcomm and orion since since last year since when the announcement was originally teased at the end i've been of the digging event. into those orion core since that team of engineers left apple <laughs> <laughs> and i and and no and, and we got a chance to play with the hcx uh, uh, the, uh, sorry the uh yeah. the uh nine uh, the sorry the hcx but essentially it was the the surface pro 9 5g and yeah. it is absolutely one of the best solutions. I mean, for me at the time, obviously we, we, we don't have those devices anymore, but what my goal essentially is to see it, what are we able to do with, you know, solutions, software solution. I mean, we saw, uh, mm-hmm. what's it called? I think DaVinci made, uh, their, their commitment. To release. Gonna be coming. So as the moment that starts coming, these, these species are going to become legit production machines. Well, and the moment you're able to helps. render and, and produce, because obviously I'm sure there's going to be other companies, but yeah. But, but the, the other thing that's also kind of important here is that experience, one of the one of the areas where our current Windows on ARM solutions suffer is you're already starting with a system that's kind of like a two-generation Core i3. And actually, yeah. that's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. And even if you're doing Android emulation in Windows 11, it's performance that easily hangs with a uh, last year's Galaxy Tab S8 Ultra. Like it's neck and neck with some of the best that Android tablets have had to offer over the last year or two. 
Um, but when you're working in a performance envelope like that, you don't have a lot of spare horsepower to help nudge along Windows emulation for legacy apps in an ARM environment. Mm-hmm. And that's where the thing can kind of get bogged down. You're giving me this substantial of a performance improvement, and you give me a little extra power headroom so that I can I can sort of ramp up a bit more. Then I think that helps bring some of that emulation. This is one why the M1 was so exciting is even when it was emulating x86 software, it was doing it pretty much near or slightly ahead of the performance of x86 MacBooks. So it wasn't it didn't feel like you took significant performance no, penalty exactly. making the jump to M1. And then when apps were properly um, optimized for M1, you got a performance benefit. I, I think 2024 is the year we might see Windows on ARM finally stick that landing. I hope so. And I and I really hope that we we get an adoption from multiple companies and, and we get different flavors of these devices. Yeah. Not just... Um, I think Lenovo's... Lenovo's yeah. definitely a lot. I'm getting more anxious that because Microsoft cut so much of the surfacing that we. I was about, to, yeah, I was gonna like, I would have thought Microsoft would have been the shoe in for it again, as we've t- as we've seen in the past. In the it's past, just but now, yeah, I'm, now I'm anxious. Now yeah. I'm like thinking Lenovo may just come in there and it's like, let me show. But I, I don't think an HP would be completely outside the scope of this because oh, no, no, they absolutely. also do a lot of work on client and um, uh, IP issued. Mm-hmm. machines this would be I, a really good solution see, for field um, in in my day job although i use i still have an i9 mac for my mac for my p for my pc my work pc um we're mm-hmm. starting to see the m1 the m series to show i'm sorry not the m1 the m2 oh, yeah. series showing up um some challenges a little bit where we start talking about emulation we're trying to you know have like a um uh what is it called uh not bomb guard um uh, Ah oh, man, uh, Windows em- emulators, uh, parallels, like parallel issues, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. running parallels on these things. So we're still, I mean, even with M3 uh, right now being available and so on, there's still some challenges, at least on the business side. This is where I feel like HP is pretty much 90% of their bread and butter is. It's more, more so business than it is consumer. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is absolutely refreshing to be able to say, hey, I can provide you a PC that has one-fourth of the power draw that you were using before, but comparable experience for, for your office suites, yeah. your solutions, running Windows natively. Obviously, I'm not, you know, they're not going to have to worry about emulation on their side because they're not going to have to emulate yeah. Mac. Nobody, we don't usually typically do Mac OS emulation. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, what are, you doing? what are you doing on that Windows PC? I'm running Mac OS, you know, Ventura. No. I'm running it's, Mac OS poorly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> It, it's typically just more of those solutions. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what we get. I'm I'm hoping with the pricing being a little bit more affordable, maybe some different solutions. Uh, but it is again for me when I looked at the Mac on on the side with the M3, as much as a power improvement and everything that they were doing, honestly, I still produce 4K 60 frames per second videos at a what's it called at a 0.7 ratio to time and and render. Oh yeah. Yeah, as long as I'm still getting these numbers, there is absolutely mm-hmm. these are one of the machines like you do not upgrade. It works, it does the job, and it you know it cuts through everything. The only time I get it to, to, that it does chuckle a little bit, and then I say it depends on the files I get from you when I get your um, when we did the the collab on the on the open and so on. Yeah, it had yeah, Panas- Panasonic files. Sometimes it it does have a little bit, and then I they just get a little chuggy. 
Well, so I, yeah, and so I ran it, ran it through, um, uh, and then uh, next time, space. next time we do that, I, I had the Atomos Ninja plugged in. I could have given you like Apple Pro as HQ, and that would have been that would have been butter. a lot smoother. <laughs> would have run like butter. Yeah, my friend, that's how you do it. ProRes well, for the win. I, I'm I'm turning into a pumpkin here, but um, no, no, we've got quite quite a bit more to talk about as we start getting into uh, this next week. Because of my travel plan, I'm not going to get another video out this week, that's but okay. I might write up just like a little travel. Um, I'm not going to blow anyone's mind here, but let me say it is delicious. Traveling with uh, a phone like a foldable mm-hmm. and a little Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, and I'm going through TSA security, and I don't have to pull anything out of my bag. But I <laughs> got writing done on all the laptops. Plane. All laptops. I was like, I just don't have it, man. Are you sure? And you're like so? anything bigger than a cell phone. You got to take it out of your bag. And I'm like, <laughs> I win. <laughs> so, so I might write up a little article just talking about like some some lightweight work. Um, and, and also, I want to showcase again, sort of uh, that experience of I got a school event, and the PTA, or they call it PFA, my daughter's school went crazy, and so I, I like the entire school has seen the VO that I put together from the Pixelate Pro. Being able to do that, I was almost done editing that video during the event, and it was super discreet because you know, like you shoot a little video clip. You, just drop it right into your timeline. Oh, look, the kids are playing. And I shot a little video of it. And I drop it into my timeline. And it doesn't take you out of the moment as much as you think it would. And then I got home and all I had to do is just make a couple little minor timing adjustments to some of the clips and hit render. And that is not a workflow that I think people are used to if they have to transfer their files to a laptop and organize what they're going to do and come up with their shot list. Like, no, no, no. It's absolutely. a lot different. So I'm going to try and get that article written i don't know that i'll get it published tomorrow but maybe over the weekend what do you have coming out um coming up next for your channel um so i think it's just one more video that i i got a chance to to shoot uh unfortunately i didn't get a chance to post last week with everything kind of going on uh soundcore sent me over a couple of uh, a pair of their open ear buds oh um, yeah it's yeah, fun yeah the aerofits one uh look at i mean it's an interesting approach it's not bone conduction it's directional audio beaming directly into your mm-hmm. ears very yeah. personal, very interesting solution, but great for, um, for active, you know, for exercise, for, for, for audio. It, yeah. and well, but not, but okay. So it, the, the big thing that kind of surprised me is that how they were able to get that much sound out of them yeah. to still sound like sound core. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they didn't lose the sound core signature, which was my biggest worry because it's I, a I, core part of their business sound. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but I do want to say before we ended this, I, I do want to share this with because this was absolutely one of my fun things today. I got a chance to spend some time with Polestar, um, and check out their new Polestar three, four, nice. five and Roadster, but I took a ride and I got a chance to ride a Polestar two for the first time. And as I was driving, I had one of the, obviously they had somebody sitting with me in the car. I had the lady <laughs> take videos and pictures of me in the car mm-hmm. as I was taking, I was driving. And then when we landed at the, when we landed, when we finished at the end, uh, I landed. This, this, this is just funny. TK talks weird shit. Um, so hold on, let me see if I can get this. So this is, we took this picture. She took this picture of me sitting there. I'm waiting there, obviously, absolutely set up correctly with, with the everything. But she didn't realize she was holding a foldable. That's what I was trying to land to. 
Nice. She was holding the phone like this. And I was like, oh, wow, this looks really good. Let me open it up. She's like, oh, what did you just do? <laughs> and it, she stepped back like as if I just broke yeah. the phone. You know what I mean? Like the guy that takes the laptop and says, hey, look, mine is a foldable. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Just so I did that. It. And she's like, What did you just do? I'm like, yeah, it's a foldable. It's an epic phone. And she's like, That is a it's cool great. phone. I was like, Yes, it is. It is. Thank you very much for the ride. <laughs> That's how I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with that being said, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about the CA65. We'll talk I'll I'll try to put something out hopefully maybe in the next couple of days or so. For me, at least tomorrow, that the arrow the aerofit video is going to be kind of crowning or closing the crowning for me for this week a lot of content kind of still coming up hopefully hopefully you and i will be able to do an in-person uh you know show yeah. at some point in the near future wink, that'd wink. be nice we, should, be we nice. should try to make that happen maybe be in the same zip code for once god help us all uh <laughs> no no seriously but um i do want to say thank you very much uh, juan for um joining us at least while you're traveling yeah. in the future um i didn't realize we were doing future stuff at this point and everybody please i uh, hope you guys are doing great uh you know let us know on the socials of course if you're listening to this obviously the audio podcast will come out a little bit later um and of course you know show links and all of that good stuff for us to be able to check us out and make sure to check out mr juan on monday on the sggq wave on his podcast also hosted on this channel so if you're subscribed to this channel mm -hmm. you're not going to miss it out you're going to be there nope. But with that being said, thank you very much for the support. Like and subscribe. And of course, we'll see you next week at a secret location. Mm -hmm. Have fun. Mystery. <laughs>